This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. It's the big one. It's the Connor card, boys. UFC 257. Pick them. Coming live. Devin Tejada in the building. Your boy, me, host, Brian. Uh, Devin just broke something. Don't know what it was. Listen, I'm in a slump. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, okay? 2021 has not started off good for me. This is a rebound card. I think I got winners. No, no, no. I know I have winners. My locks are tight. My picks are tight. Devin said he's going to beat me. I don't think it's going to happen. He did beat me this past uh, week, though. Had a good week. Tim's still champ, but Dev had a good week. Devin, are you ready for this car? Because we're about to jump into it, bub. No, no more fluff. It's late here. Your boy's got to be up. You're a West Coast boy, but are you ready? This card's real weird, man. There's like a lot of close pick'em fights, and then there's like a lot of heavy favorites. So it's just kind of like it's gonna be. It's one of the better Connor cards in a while. Connor, obviously, they put Connor in the top. Everyone's gonna pay for it. And then the rest falls. The co-main event is unbelievable. Fuck yeah. But Jessica, <clears throat> I real interesting fights for me here. Let's jump in. First fight of the night. Let me uh let me get into it here. Amir Albazi, 13 and 1. He's a minus 107. He is fighting. This guy is gonna be a hell of a name to say. Zalgas Zugumalov, 13 and 4. He's a minus 118. This is a pick'em. Our new rule state. I know it's not a dead even pick them, but they're both in the minus. It's a pick them. It's a pick them. So the new rules, pick them, risk them. Whoever you pick, you have the opportunity to risk two points. He wins because pick them fights are very hard to predict. He wins, you get two points. He loses, you get negative two points. Devin, you're the champ. You want me to start first? You want to start first? How do you want to do this, bud? I want you to go first because I kind of okay. want to pick your brain on this one because this this is it's an opening card fight but like this this fight actually means something these guys are you know top 25 top 20 flyweights in the world um these guys are actually both really really good fighters um it's unfortunate that they do throw guys like this as the opening card you know as the current jerker because these are two talented fighters these are good fighters yeah. Albazi, Amir, made his UFC debut with Malcolm Gordon, submitted him with a triangle, one of the first triangle chokes in a long time. Um, he's a finisher. I picked against him. I looked at tape on him when the Gordon fight. I've looked at tape on him since. It's never really blown me away. Didn't blow my dick off. He really hasn't. The champ, oh, hang on, hang on. Timbo's here. Got to pause the show for the champ. The champ is here, everybody. Give a cameo, cameo not, from Tim. Not daddy. Um, but uh, Abazi's a finisher and he hasn't blown me away, but he is solid. Zalgas is a guy who's going to fight you the decision. He's not going to get finished. He's a fucking rockhead. He's going to come forward. He's going to decision you. He's had close fights in the past. He's had close fights in the UFC, um, where some people thought he won. Some people thought he lost. He he's, he's intriguing. He's got decent takedown defense. He likes to take it down. He likes to mix it up. Um, yeah, Gordon got finished by the last. That was Sue Majari finished Gordon, too. Uh, that's Timbo, the champ, chiming in. But I, I can't hold too much stock in Albazi finishing Gordon since he is a very average fighter. We, he's been finished yeah. twice in the UFC. However, I always lean towards the finisher here. I'm going to lean towards Amir. I'm going to pick Amir. And since it's the first fight of the night, and since it's our first pick em, risk em with the new rules, I, I'm still creating a sound effect or a soundbite for that. I will have a soundbite up. 
I'm going to risk it, baby. I'm going to go Albazi. I'm going to risk the two points. First fight of the night. First uh, uh, pick them between you and I this year. First pay-per-view of the year. I got to go off right. First fight is a pick them. It's our new rules. First pay-per-view, your boy's risking it. He, he was my underdog lock until the fucking odds changed this morning when I was taking a dump. I was looking at the odds, and I was like, ooh, Albazi's still a dog. That's my dog in this fight. Um, I think um, – I think Zagas is a good fighter, another Kazakh fighter, another guy from Kazakhstan. He just, you know, he was in the corner. He was in the corner of uh, Umar's opponent. I can't remember the guy's name. He was he was a corner um, in that fight. He, there. He, he's been in Fight Island for a little bit. Yep. So he, and he's uh, Sergey uh, Morose is the was the gentleman that Umar fought. So he's a sol- he's a solid fighter. Um, I'm pretty sure he was a previous champion in a previous organization before he came to the UFC. Um, and I. I just think Albazi is the better wrestler. I think he can take it into the grappling department. I think he can outgrapple him. Um, Zagos had a really close fight with Howlin Paiva, a guy that I think is really, really talented. Um, and a lot of people think he won that fight against Paiva. Um, I am going to rock with Albazi as well. Um, he was going to be my underdog lock, but those odds changed. And All right. Big question. Over. You going to risk it or not, bub? What's the other pick fight on the card? The other one that I have written down is, um, let me find it, the JoJo fight, Jessica and Joanne Calderwood. You don't uh, have to risk them. There's no, there's no, it's just an incentive. You don't have to do it. So if, say, he wins the fight, you only get one point? How does that work? No, well, both, if he wins a fight, I'll get two points. And then what do I get? Nothing? Well, yeah, if, I mean, we'll, you'll, we'll both get one point because we picked them, and then I'll get an additional two because I risked it. Oh, if, he loses, if he loses, I get negative two. Risk it, biscuit, baby. It's 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 tough because I really do think he has what it takes to win the fight. Yep. But with our with our point system, it's what are you gonna do, girl? What are you gonna do? It's almost um, smarter to pick Zagas. Um, put your nuts on the table. What man? Come on, give me Zagas. I have to. Wow, I have to though. The way the, the way the point system works is. is if, it's gonna be a, an incredibly close fight. Uh, Albazi's not finishing Zagas. It's gonna be. It's going to come down to the probably the third round, and, and we'll see if they have cardio or not. I don't know much about these guys. Uh, they've only fought a handful of times in the UFC, if that. I mean, I know Abazi's only had one. I think Zalgas has had one. two. Has he had one against one. That was his yeah. first one. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought, he, I thought he fought again. He does have a good win over Ali Bagatinov, but uh, that was outside the UFC. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's not a dumb pick or anything like that. I mean, listen, it's a pick and fight for a reason. You went opposite of me. You could be up one. I could be down two points. This is a big swing here. I can see what you're doing. All right, next up, Nick Lentz, plus 420. Hefty dog versus Mozart Ivalov, who is a minus 560. This kid is the stud around town. Everyone loves him. Devin, how are you handicapping this fight, bud? I what worries me about Nick Lentz is um, his his eye issues. That's a problem. Um, yeah, I'm not going Nick Lentz. Sorry, Tim. Um, he doesn't know anything about Ivilev. Probably that's probably why he's saying Damn, that. He can um, shot at the champ. Ivilev um, is a super talented dude. What worries me is that he's a small featherweight, and I know this is a catchweight. I think it's a catchweight of 150. Um, on my paper is 145, but this paper was wrong on Wednesday, so you might be right. I, I don't know if it's a catchweight or not. I'm, I'm 90% sure it's a catchweight bout um, just because it was short notice. Um, Evlov, the last dude that Evlov fought, he broke his jaw. Mike Grundy. Mike Grundy. Bro- yeah. Broke Grundy's jaw. 
Um, Evloev is really good. He's just a small 45er. He could probably fight a phantom weight. Um, Evloev is really, really talented. He's got good striking, really, really good grappling. He's a really, really good chain grappler. He he knows when to he knows when to use his energy in the grappling department as well. He's not one of those guys that's just gonna chase a single leg and and not get it. He knows when to grapple. Um, I'm gonna go Evloev. I just think it's I, I think Lenz is is a middle of the road fighter. He's got a good high kick. He's a pretty big. He's a pretty big 145er. He switched you know 145 and 155 all throughout his career. I just think he's seen his better days. He's had a lot of wars. He's had eye problems. If Evloev broke Mike Grundy's jaw, what's going to happen when he punches Nick Lentz right in his fucking eye? And the ref has to stop the fight because it's a doctor stoppage because his eye fell out of his head. Yeah, um, it's tempting to take Lentz simply simply because his wrestling background. He, he is a phenomenal wrestler. He's really good. I have yet to see really anybody out-wrestle Nick Lentz. I've seen Charles Oliveira out-grapple him, um, out-transition him, but Nick Lentz is a really good wrestler. Evolev is a good grappler himself, good striker, and he's fought some really good wrestlers. Mike Grundy is a fantastic wrestler. Good. Evolev stopped him everywhere. He's a big guy for 145, too, Grundy is. Um, <clears throat> 420 is interesting. When the, I, I don't like the line. I think Evolev... He's 13 and 0. He is a very good fighter. I see him winning this fight. I'm picking Evelev too. I'm not going to bet this fight. It's way too chalky for me. I'm not even going to put in a parlay. I like Evelev a lot. I think he is good. He is a little undersized for the division, but he's in shape. His cardio is on point. Nick Lentz coming off an injury, the eye injury. Um, I don't know how confident he is, right? His stand up is getting better. Um, I, I, you know, he's got a good high kick. He's got tricky kicks that people don't realize. But I just think Evola is better anywhere. I think he's better on the stand-up. I think he's better on the ground. Um, I just think Nick Lentz can pose problems with wrestling, but I just don't think he'd be able to wrestle this kid. There's just no way. So I'm gonna go, <clears throat> I'm gonna go chalk too. I'm gonna go Evolev. Um it's chalky, the number's high, but we'll- and when, when you're this good of a fighter, like Umar Nurmanov, he was chalky. I took him. Yeah, dude, you got to. You got special fighters out there that sometimes you gotta go chalk. I mean, you might not be able to play him. This might be a little unbettable. Some people are gonna go Nick Lentz at 420 because they might like the shot in the dark, they yeah. might like the number, but I'm gonna go have a left here. All right, next up fight I'm looking forward to a lot. Andrew Sanchez, who is 12 and 5, he's a plus 118 underdog. He's fighting Mahmoud Muradov, who's 24 and 6, a minus 138 favorite. I lead the dance here. I love me, Makma. I love this guy. I think this guy is super talented. Um, signed with Floyd Mayweather, one of the only, I believe, was the first MMA, the only MMA fighter signed with Mayweather. Trains in Vegas. Um, what country is he from? Do you know? Oh, he's, it's a. He's not Russian, uh, but I know he's somewhere from that from that Uzbekistan. part of the world. He was the yeah. first player from Uzbekistan to be in the UFC. His talent. He's got great hands. He's fought some decent wrestlers. Um, and Andrew Sanchez is coming off a knockout win. This guy, I can't get right. He's a curse for me, right? His grappling is good. He makes it ugly, but he's with Faraz now, so his stand-up's getting trickier. Kind of got like a karate style. His punches come at weird angles. He could give Mahmoud some fits if, if he really wants to wrestle because Sanchez is a grimy dude like that. That's how he basically uh, did really well in the Ultimate Fighter. That's how he got a lot of early wins. If since he's coming off a knockout win, if he decides to stand with Mahmoud, I think that's a really bad idea. I think this kid's boxing, boxing special and his, <laughs> and his power special as well. The line is low because no one knows who Mahmoud is. He hasn't fought in a while. He hasn't really fought many people. Um, and Andrew Sanchez has been a little active. Um, but they see the talent there. That's why he's only a slight favorite. But 138, you hammer that. You hammer it to the fucking moon. Yeah. I'm taking Mahmoud. 
maybe do a little prop too. Uh, finish prop. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but Dev, I'll look at the finish prop. You break down the fight. Yeah, I. You know what worries me is Andrew Sanchez fighting. You know, with Frost and really, really tuning up his stand up and coming off a knockout. Mm-hmm. Like being a being a confident striker against Mahmoud is it's not a good fucking idea. Let me just inter- let me just interject right there. Mokmev is plus one eighty five to win by KO. Andrew says have a good chin, but uh, by points is plus three ten. I think there's there's option there's for uh, for your props. You can bet them both. Yeah, hedge hedge it. Just bet mm-hmm. them both. Um, I think he's he's the only MMA guy to my knowledge that signed with Money Team. Right. He's got really good dynamic striking. He's one of the only guys in MMA that's a stand-up striker that actually uses a real L-step with his footwork. Like, he'll cut an angle. He'll, he'll have an exchange in the pocket. Getting fancy with it. Love dude, it. Well, it's true. He'll fucking get in the pocket, dude. He'll get in the pocket. You know, and he'll he'll throw like a he'll throw like a one two in the pocket, cut an L step, and then boom, fire an uppercut. And he's still in the pocket. The angles change, and he'll slip an uppercut in there and just fucking blast people's blast people's head off. He is fucking ass, dude. He's slick. He's got slick, slick, slick striking, fast hands. A lot of guys that have slick striking and fast hands don't have big power, but he's got fucking big power too. He's a real dangerous striker. He's someone to watch out for. Um, I think when the lines first opened, I I think Sanchez was a favorite when the lines first opened, Probably. which was if, or you have if you were, like if you were able to get if you were able to get Mohamed as a as a dog, that's like finding a golden nugget. Ohio opened up fucking betting, and I could bet for my house. I would, and I saw that line as a dog, I would have taken it, but. Um, yeah, yeah. You I mean, it. So you're Even taking the line, right? I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. It's. I just don't. Andrew Sanchez is a weird fucking fighter. Like he's, he's got a weird record. He did well in the Ultimate Fighter. He's been hurt in fights. He's also out grappled dudes like against Anthony Smith. Like he was doing really really well, you know, beating Anthony Smith, and then he gassed out and lost. I just think even if he out wrestles Mohamed for a round and a half. And comes out in the in the beginning of the third round, and he's tired. He can get put. He can just get put out. You know, just yeah. Just Andrew just Sanchez, by being tired. He has a trouble dealing with footwork. I picked him as a big dog against Marvin Vittori. Uh, you know, a year or two ago, and Vittori, good stand up striker. Um, boxing's good, right? But it's not like flawless. He has really good footwork, and he really shut down Andrew Sanchez's wrestling game. I think that's what Mahmoud's going to do here. I think he's going to piece him up. I think it's going to be a good win. All right, we're both on Mahmoud there. Love that bet. Next up, Khalil Roundtree. He was a minus three sixty favorite. He is eight and four. He is fighting Marcin Pracnio, who was thirteen and five. He's a plus two ninety. Dev, Dev, who you like? You like Roundtree? You like Pracnio here, bub? Roundtree by knockout. Yeah, that's 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 the easiest call. Century. Uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the same. Procneo's every single fight in the UFC is lost by knockout. Um, he has no chin. Clear Roundtree hits like a fucking truck. He moved to Thailand for the better part of last year. I don't know if he's still there or not, but he was out there. His, his striking is really good. Um, he, I, I think he has a little bit of a mental problem sometimes, a mental block because yeah. sometimes he looks like a world beater, other times he 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 does not. Um, but I do think he's really, really good, and uh, this is a perfect matchup for him. This is a knockout. This is a prop. I looked at the prop already because, I mean, everyone's going to go prop KO. Is it plus? Is it plus number? It's minus 180 for for a KO. That's just KO. I mean, you could probably get it lower if you want to go KO round one, 
But KO, yeah. for the one by KO is minus 180. Um, I would do that. I would do under one and a half. And then um, that way you're getting out from the minus 360, which is yeah. a steep price for clear round sheet, even though I like it. I like it in a parlay. I like it any which way. That was an easy fight. Next up, Sarah McMahon, 12 and 5, minus 134 favorite. She is fighting Juliana Pena, 9 and 4, plus 110 dog. I go first here. Um, it's a good women's fight. As Sarah McMahon is, is someone who I've never really got on the train. I used to be really high on Pena. She had a kid. She took some years off. I feel like that took her edge away. She used to be kind of, oh, do you want to fight her? She used to be mean. She used to be a savage in there. Um, motherhood maybe changed that a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but Sarah McMahon is, is a freak athlete. Everyone knows that. She's the, the wrestling coach at Team Alpha Male. Um, she has taken a lot of female fighters under her wing. And she's been around forever. She's she's a solid, solid, uh, solid, solid woman fighter. She gets hurt a little bit, right? She's been hurt with striking. She's been submitted before, but her wrestling is top notch. Julia Pena it has good wrestling as well. It's not on the level Sarah McMahon. I think Pena is going to get taken down over and over again. I think it's going to be fairly competitive in the scrambles, but I just see Sarah McMahon taking over. I'm going to pick Sarah McMahon minus 134 favorite. I don't love it. I like it. I don't love it. I might bet it. I might not. Fuck me. Dev, who you got? This was a pretty tough fight because these girls like to do the same thing. Um, they really do like to come out, try to put a pace on you and try to grapple you, try to get on top, try to have top control. That's that's both their games. Um, just like you said, Pena used to be real vicious. She took time off. She had her kid. She came back. She got, you know, her last fight, she got put to sleep by GDR. She got, you know, slipped in a standing guillotine. Doesn't happen often. Doesn't happen often from GDR at all, actually. No. That's worrisome. If GDR is catching you in a standing – the thing that people don't realize about a standing guillotine is it's 100% a submission that you have to take it in that moment. You have to grab it when it's there. It's not a submission you can hunt down. It's not something you can tactically, tactically chase. It's not like, you know, take someone down – get in half guard and put him in an arm triangle. It's not a submission like that. It, it, you know, standing guillotine is someone shoots a bad takedown and you, you know, you just you take it by chance. GDR is a big, long, strong chick, you know, long limbs. I can see why she got caught in that submission, but at the same time, putting herself in that bad situation and not having the right fight IQ being a wrestler, you just, you, you can't, you can't leave your neck out when you're shooting those, when you're shooting those shots. Um, I was torn on this fight, but I do think Sarah McMahon is the stronger girl. She's 40 years old. That's a little bit worrisome, but it's also women's MMA. And I don't think things like that make as much of a difference in women's MMA as they do in men's MMA. Um, I'm going to go with Sarah McMahon as well. I just think she's going to take her down and lay on top of her. Even if she has success for two rounds and then the third one is close, I still think that she will be able to edge the fight. I think McMahon should take the win. Yep. Next up, Brad Tavares, BT, minus 144, 17 and 6. Minus 144, favorite, excuse me. Antonio Carlos Jr., better known as Shoe Face, one of the best nicknames in all of MMA, because the guy's face is long like a shoe. That's why they named him that. He is a plus 118 underdog. Dev, you go first here. He's 10 and 4, Shoe Face, versus Brad Tavares, classic striker versus grappler. Who are you going with, man? Huh? I'm taking shoe face. Give me the dog. Give him the dog. You want dog? I think. What's weird too is if you look at um if you look at Shoeface's reach, he has one of the longest reaches in the division. He has actually a really crazy long reach. If you look it up, you're gonna be like, what? The f-? I think it's like 78 inches or something like that. He's got almost an 80. My, inch. Reach, 
My reach is 81 inches. Is it really? No, it's like seven. It's like oh. seven. It's not that long. Oh, so he's got a long reach, but he never uses it. Obviously, he's a grappler. He wants to get you against the cage. He wants to grab. He wants to take you down. He wants to shove you. He wants to squeeze your head off. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think Brad Tavares has enough power to make Shoeface back up and try to fight off the back foot. I think Shoeface can walk him down, take his strikes, put him against the cage, and even if he can't take him down. It will look similar to the Ian Heinish fight, but Brad Tavares is not nearly as good of a scrambler and not nearly as athletic as Ian Heinish. Ian Heinish was just like, it's like when you're playing a video game and someone's just like hitting all the buttons and he's just doing the Gramby roll over and over and over again. Like he just kept Gramby rolling out of everything. I don't think Brad Tavares is capable of that. Um, I like Shoe Face as an underdog. I think he can just put him against a cage. Even if he can't take him down, he can nullify the striking and win with octagon control and just make it dirty and grind him against a cage. <clears throat> I, I originally liked Shoe Face earlier in the week. Um, I, I really dove deep in Brad Tavares's his, his record and looked at some tape of him. He doesn't really get out grappled all that much. A lot of his losses come from him getting clipped on the feet, right? For being a striker and being a guy, he gets clipped on the feet. He's not world class on the ground. Uh, he went to the ground with Izzy Adesanya and got dominated in that decision, but he's pretty good at stopping some takedowns. His cardio, I think, is is maybe an issue a little bit. He's not like a fucking cardio machine. Antonio Carlos Jr. is coming off a couple ugly losses here. He's a guy that I was high on for a little bit. I think he's really good at getting the fight to the ground and getting where he wants to go, and, he, and he's really dangerous on the ground with submission. I just don't know if he's going to be able to get Brad Tavares down. Maybe late, and you're right. He could win a decision. It could be ugly. Grind him against the cage and, and really just in, in, in making Brad Tavares work and defend takedowns. But I see Brad Tavares being a little bit more athletic here and in, in, in just uh, using his experience to stay away from shoe face. And, and, and uh, I'm going to take Brad Tavares again. I was on shoe face earlier this week, but I'm going to go a little chalky. I'm going to go Brad Tavares. He's minus 144. That's not crazy. Uh, I, again, I'm not super confident. I just think uh, I think shoe face people can figure him out a little bit that nobody wants to do. And I don't yeah. think he's. He's not a Khabib. Like Khabib, everyone knows what Khabib wants to do. They can't stop they can't it. Can't stop it. They know what Shoeface wants to do, and I think they can stop it. Um, so I'm gonna yeah. go back to Mars here. He hasn't fought in a little bit. He seems rejuvenated. He's coming off a horrible knockout by uh, Edmund Shabazi and knocked him out. He's taking some time that was off. Bad. It's a bad knockout. So I think uh, bad. I think this is a good bounce back spot for him. All right, we split finally. You don't ride my coat. Jeez. Jesus. Next up, Armand <laughs> Tuscarian. Tutarian. Sarukian. Sarukian. Sarukian? All right, there you go. Sarukian. Armin Sarukian, minus 290. He is fighting not – he is uh, – excuse me, he's 15 and 2. He's fighting Nasrat Hasparats. He is 12 and 3 at a plus 225 underdog. I go first here. Um, listen, Nasrat is the guy – what? Take the dog. Go ahead. No, because I like scaring <laughs> a lot. He showed me a lot in his loss to Amatrichev, uh, Islam. And he's looked good since then. Good striker, good grappler, well-built, young kid. Uh, Nasser is a guy who I went on. Um, uh, my boy, Matt Helberg. Matt Helberg is here. That's my dude. What's up, buddy? He's here at every live what show. Um, <clears throat> but Nasser is a guy who's almost Jimmy Crute level. I went on, and I fucking embarrassed myself and said he was going to be Drew Dober, and Drew Dober stomped him. He yeah. came out of last fight, and he looked very uh, – he looked like a guy who just got knocked out. Uh, Armand's not going to – Give a shit. Armand's going to press the pace. He's going to make him grapple. He's going to make him work. He's going to make him strike. Naparaz. Uh, Haparaz is the better striker, probably. He's a little bit more powerful. Armand, I think, is a little more tighter. Um, and then I think Armand's just going to be a little bit more younger, cardio. And I think he's going to get the fight to the ground and, and, and really show out. 
I think this could be a decision win. I don't think anyone's going to finish either. Anybody here? I would go over the rounds. Um, but I like Armand here big. I, I like I like this young kid a lot. I already know who you like, but go ahead. Yeah, it's I. The second I watched him fight Islam, I was like, this kid's fucking good. He's one of those dudes where right three minutes into the first round, I'm like, yeah, this guy's really fucking good. You can see the talent. What he did to Davi Hamos, he nullified nullified a big big grappler, outstruck him, pieced him up. I think Armand Sarukian is a all-around better fighter than Nasrat Hapgrass. I think he's a better striker. He's not more powerful. Nasrat is the more powerful striker. But I do believe that Sarukian is one of the – he's one of the most well-rounded guys at 155. Like, he's fucking young. He came in as a, he came in as a late replacement to fight Islam and mm-hmm. made a great account of himself. Like, he's 24 years old, just turned 24 in October, Armenian, fighting out of Russia – just a fucking stud. He's so, he's just so good. He's one. He's next to Khabib and Charles Oliveira. Like, who's a better scrambler than him? And these are guys that are ranked number one and two. Mm-hmm. Who's a better scrambler than him in the division? Like this guy could this guy could fuck around and fight RDA next year and beat him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's that good. Like he's really really good. He's a great grappler. He's got great scrambles. He has a good gas tank. He's got good tight striking. Um, I'm really, really high at him. I think he's going to be ranked by the end of this year or the or the beginning of next year. I really think he's that good of a talent. And, I mean, Nasrat hits hard. He could come out here and fucking hit him on the chin and put him out. He's known for that. But I just think Armand has too many tools. His toolkit is too big and too deep, and I just think he's going to come out here, make make Hawk Paras tired, make him scramble. Armand doesn't get tired. That's what he grew up doing. He's a great, great wrestler. Great, great scrambles, great transitions. All he's got to do is come out here and take him down and put a pace on him and make him scramble. Similar, he's he's got a, a similar grappling style to Marab. It's a really, really similar style to Marab, where it's just like constant takedowns, constant scrambles, constant takedown, constant scrambles. If he does that, I mean, that's a problem for almost anybody. Like it's it's also similar to Kiesa, someone that can just take you down and make you fucking scramble and win every scramble. I'm, I'm I think he's a really good talent. Solid, solid prospect, both on Armand. I think that's a good bet if you're out there. He's not crazy. I think he'll probably maybe um, go into the 300s, but uh, right now minus 290 to me as an up-and-coming kid. I don't think that's crazy. Um, next up, main card time. Your lady, the girl you talk about more than I, anybody in the world, uh, Amanda Hebots. She's a minus 355 favorite. She is 10-1. and one. She's fighting Marina Rodriguez. I pronounced that name right, Devin. Fucker. She is a plus two seventy underdog. She is twelve and one and two. She's twelve one and two. Um, I did Armand. Yeah, you go first, Dev. I, I know you. I know you. You already know I'm taking. I'm taking he She's almost. But Marina Rodriguez is really fucking good. She's another. This is a great fight. This is like they're no longer looking to build Amanda Hebos. Like this is a serious fight for her. Rodriguez is a really, really good talent. He's got good striking, good grappling. I just think Kibos has a – I mean, you know, you already know I like her, but what I like about her fighting style is, like, she she's a mean, she's a mean fighter. Like, she fights mean. She comes out there. She puts a pace on you. She'll outstrike you. She'll outgrapple you. If she gets a submission, she's taking your arm home. Like, she comes out there, and she's not playing. Her, her sweet girl attitude leaves the second she steps inside the octagon. And I just think – I don't like the number. It's a high favorite. Like, that's a big favorite. Marina Rodriguez is a good fighter, 
Um, the reason why that is there is because the UFC is putting a lot of hype behind Amanda. They're giving her a lot of attention. Everybody knows who she is. Um, and that's the reason why that line's there. Um, but I do like her in this fight. I just think she does everything better. Um, this is tough, right? Because <clears throat> MMA is very poetic in a certain way where these stars that they try to build, sometimes they have some, you know, the walls coming craving down. Joaquin Buckley, it's happened a million times. Nate Diaz doing that to Conor many years ago. That was, was a surprise to a lot of people. Manny Hibas is getting a lot of publicity. She's sitting next to the boss. She's adorable. She, she is very energetic. Every media member that that um, talks with her raves about her energy. She's a fantastic fighter. She's beaten some really good. I mean, say what you want about Paige Van Zandt, but she finished Paige Van Zandt by an armbar. And PSV Paige isn't the worst fight in the world. You know, she beat Mackenzie Dern, who is my girl. Beat her brick to brick, pillar to pillar. She has a knockout loss by Paula Viana back in Brazil, which, you know, that was a million years ago, so it is whatever. I just can't get behind the train. I'm going to go the under here. I'm going to go Marina Rodriguez. My plus 270 is too enticing to me. That's a spite pick. It, that's, that's a spite pick. That's a spite pick. No chance. That's a spite pick. Solid dog play. I haven't played many dogs on this card, Dev. I've played uh, – I mean, have I even played one? I, I mean – no, this is my first dog play, dude. Like I, I you know, what I mean? I'm, I'm a dog, I'm a dog hunter. Like I'm dog the bounty hunter. Okay, um, I think how you guys is good. I think this is gonna be a very competitive fight. I think this is gonna, it's a really good fight for both women to really know where they're at, right? I think yeah. he boss, she's the favorite for a reason. I think she's very talented. She has skills. People rave about her. If she goes out and dominates this fight, even though my, uh, Marina Hadiguez, I love how I'm saying that fucking name by the way. Um, I know she's not as known as a Mackenzie Dern, as a Patreon Zant, but in the, the MMA circles, as guys like me and you, we know, oh, that's a big fucking win, especially if she dominates her. But Hadiguez, I think, is 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 very solid and uh, can give her problems here. I think this will be a close fight. I think this could be a decision fight. And uh, we'll really see what uh, I mean, Hibas has going uh, three hard rounds with a girl who's not going to not gonna quit. <clears throat> All right, next up, really good fight. <clears throat> this is a fight I've been telling people to watch because yeah. no one really knows who these guys are. Ottoman Atazar. Minus one favorite, twelve and 0, 13 and zero. Uh, what what are you what what are you saying? Did I mispronounce his name? No, you nailed it. But this guy, like, this is one dude that I don't think anyone hits harder than him at one. No, nah, he's he cracks, dude. He's fighting <laughs> not steamroller <laughs> for Volvo, as uh, Ray Longo says. He's eight one and one. He's a plus one thirty six underdog. Um, I go first, right? Yeah, you just went first. Uh, listen. Ottman hits like a fucking truck. Matt Favola has been knocked out, right? That's on paper. That's on record. Ottman, though, you know, he showed me a lot in the Karma Worthy fight. We all ha- were on Karma Worthy. We all like Karma Worthy. He was a slight dog in and he put him out. Worthy has been knocked out before. Problem is, is Matt Favola isn't a stand-up fighter. He likes to get grimy. He likes to get in there. He likes to grapple you. Have haven't seen that much from Ottman. The guy's a fucking killer. I've looked up tape on him outside the UFC. He's a legit killer. But when these guys come in with these really quick knockouts in the UFC, the <laughs> high. when you get a guy like Matt Favola, who's not going to go away, you know, he was buzzed by Jalen Turner, kept coming. He was buzzed like by Luis Pena, kept coming. My only concern is Favola hasn't fought in a while. Ottman hits like a fucking truck. He's a powerful guy. I think there's some parts to his game I want to see. Favola, his stand-up is getting better. His defense needs to get a lot better. I think he's got an okay chin. Uh, he's he's been hurt a lot in his fights. He's been put out before, but 
Um, I think if he d- cleans up his defense, when he gets inside, he wants to make it ugly. He wants to get wrestling going. He wants to get the fight to the ground. That's what he did with Jalen Turner. That's what he did with Luis Pena. Um, I think that's what he's going to do with Ottman. I'm going dog here. I'm going match for Vola. The steamroller for Vola uh, by a grimy, just a fucking elbow grease decision. Look at my face. Just a fucking decision. <laughs> just uh, I just I just think this could be an ugly fight. I think Ottman's going to give him a scare in that first round. And I think this is a really good matchmaking. I think this Altman kid obviously has one punch knockout power. He's got the fucking death touch. And if he could really get something going here, Favola's a good step up because it's a good stylistically matchup. Like, oh, I can beat a grappler. Let me get the next guy. This kid could be something else here at this the, at this weight class. Um, but I'm going to go for Vola, plus 136 underdog. Give me the dog, man. Hey, he's from Long Island. My mom's from Long Island. Forget about it. My dad's <laughs> yeah, that's from um i you know how, let me ask you a question how many wins by finish do you think Ottman has i just looked this up he has 13 wins and i'm gonna say maybe 12 of the 13 are by finish 11 or 13 all, all of them i thought he had a decision win on there man damn <laughs> all of them are by finish um i think 11 of them are knockouts and i one of the one is a submission and one doesn't say um so um he is I don't think hey, he's bro, like, no he's got a decision in there. It's right in front of you. Is it 16? He fought Kevin Kodolski. One by decision. Dev trying to oh, I lied. Sorry. 13, yeah, bro. Damn. Wow. Trying to get you, dude. You I was on topology. Yeah, don't go to Wikipedia. You're in a you're in a bump. Yeah, that was stupid. Um <clears throat> But regardless, 12 of 13 wins by finish. Um, my, my boy, Matt, he's on the dog, too. We don't need meows. We need more dogs. Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Altman, too. I I think that he's going to probably buzz him, hurt him, finish him. I think he just hit so hard. His knockout against Timu Pakalin, that was one of the scariest fucking knockouts I've ever seen. Yeah, ESPN. The guy hasn't woken up yet still. It's, it's a sad Bro. That shit was actually no, but that shit was actually scary, man. Like know, that, he, killed, he killed him. That's like something you see like as a kid, like on a football field, a kid takes a real bad hit, and all of a sudden they're like, I think we need to call a hell of that. To like, me, what it's like, I don't know if you ever experienced this when you're a kid. The most scared I ever got was a kid is my real dad, rest in peace, R.I.P. Um, I didn't have a good relationship, but when I was young. We were he had had the worst road rage ever, and he would get out of his car and go up to the guy in front of him. They start jawing, and I'm terrified. Like two grown men yelling when you're like five or six, you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" That's the scariest thing I've ever seen. I think, um, but yeah, that was that's a close second. Right. That fucking guy almost get dead. In. Well, it's like he hit him with a hammer in his hand. Yeah. I mean, Kama Worthy has finishes too, as well. Like we don't know. You it's it's on paper that he doesn't have a great chin. Ottman, yeah. Ottman just hits so hard, and I don't think he's like a comma worthy type. Not comma worthy. I don't think he's like a Chaos Williams type guy to where it's like, yeah, he has two impressive finishes, but like you kind of pop out of nowhere. Like Ottman is known for finishing. He's known for having yeah. big power. He's got great punch placement. I think he's a problem at this division. He doesn't throw a lot of crazy straight shots. He just has a really fast overhand. And when he clips people with that, they're, they're fucking fried, as you can tell. Um, I leaned, I leaned for Vola when the fight first got announced because they they've tried to make this fight, and then I think Ottman had to pull out 
couple months ago. So this is a rebooking. Mm -hmm. um, I I just think Ottman is good enough to good enough and has enough power. I just whenever there's a, a proving fight, a lot of the times I, I I go the hot hand. I go the guy who's got that, <clears throat> like a Buckley last weekend or or something like that. I always go for the hot hand. Eventually, people slow down. I, I mean, listen, Ottman, I don't think is going to knock out everybody sees in the UFC. Yeah. There's going to be a guy that's going to give him a fight. I'm just hoping that's Matt Ravola. That's what gambling is. And uh, plus 136, I like it. I like it. All right, next up. Uh, one of my least favorite per people in the entire world. I don't know her personally, um, but she's, she's back. So bad. Jessica I, minus 106, 15 and 8. She's fighting jo Joanne Collard, who probably is like the sweetest person in the world. Her voice is adorable. She's a minus 114. This is a pick em. She I is and five. Um, Deb, you go first here, bud. You, you got to lead the dance on this pick em fight. What do, you, what do you got here? Did you see the interview with Jessica I where she was like, when I miss weight, nobody asked me if I was okay. She her sound bites are ridiculous. She said something online, or some, maybe I read it online, and maybe she do an interview. She's like, "Yeah, like I just, I don't get too much negative stuff on my Twitter, and when I get negative stuff, it's like, why everyone likes me?" Or she said something like that. I'm like, "Bitch, no one likes you. Like, what are you talking about?" Just like no sense of fucking reality. Yeah, like no, no awareness. <clears throat> I love the bulletproof vest thing she wore, and then she got killed by Valentina. Like the that would have been dope if you would have won. Sure. The wear it after. Wear it after. Don't yeah, wear it before. You look like an asshole. Problem with Jessica I though is she has a lot of fucking wins. She knows how to win yeah. a fight. She's one of these point fighters that's gonna take you to the decision. She's not a finisher. She has good cardio. She's big too. Yeah, and she's big <laughs> and she wins, and that's like I wish she was like. Just really, really shitty, which I don't think she's great, but like she's never gonna be champion, but she does get some wins over these girls and it's it's infuriating. All right. Get knocked oh, out by like, yeah, go ahead and pick Jessica I so we can move on. I'm gonna talk about yeah, I, think, I think Calderwood is also a good fighter. I think Calderwood probably has the edge in the striking department. Um, but she showed against Jennifer Maya. I mean, Jennifer Maya turned out to be better than a lot of us thought she was. Jennifer Maya is a good grappler. She showed that she I think if her and Jennifer Maya fight again, I think Jennifer Maya beats Joanne Calderwood again. Um, yeah. I think people Maya. just did. Yeah, she's solid. So I I think Jessica I can take her down, can make it nasty. Um, but as a pick em, I just think Joanne Calderwood is the better striker. I think she's a little bit smaller. I don't know if she has as much power, but neither one of them are going to finish each other. Um, I just think Joanne Calderwood could beat her on volume. Even if even in the exchange, if it's three to one the whole fight, um, you know, technically the judges should score for her if she yeah. outlands her, you know, three to two. Yeah. With with similar power. So I think Joanne Calderwood can edge her in the striking and, you know, avoid the takedown department. And I think she she could win the fight. Uh, I'm taking Joanne Calderwood. I think Joanne has better striking. That's what she's known for. Just got <clears throat> to make some takedowns in there. Joe has has made some improvements off her back. She does have an armor win a couple fights ago off her back. She's not super in depth now. I think the Jennifer Meyer fight, you know, that was a fight to see who's going to fight Valentina. I think JoJo got in her way a little bit. I don't think she really wanted to fight Valentina. I don't think she was ready. She kind of laid an egg in that Jennifer Meyer fight. I see her coming back more motivated than ever. I think this is a, a solid matchup. Now, here's the question <clears throat> Fight. Are you going to lift them? Are you going to two points here? Are you saying yes? Are you calling? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm both, both, but yeah, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying yes. I'm taking okay. her. Um, I think 
with our point system, it's smart. And I you think she can two. win the fight. You've already risked your two, so you know I'll mm-hmm. fucking put my nuts on the table. Yeah, you can you can risk as many as you want. There's no limit. Every pick em fight, you can risk as many as you want. We have two. If this whole card was a pick em, we could risk them all if we wanted to. You did it. I'm going to do it. You know, if you jumped, I'm I'll jump. Too. Too. I'm going to do Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh. All right, whatever. Yeah, we could both get minus two. Why not? You're doing I'm doing it. Fuck it. All right, listen. Yeah. Let's get to the media card. Let's get to why people are fucking. I thought you could only do it once. I didn't know you could do it. Nah, well, yeah. We can make that rule if you like that better, but I mean. I this- do. I feel conned. Okay, well then I won't risk it. Then go ahead. <laughs> we made. Because I would have done it with the other dude. Then I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's fine. That, listen, this is a collaborative effort. I'm not a dictator. Okay, I'm a very responsive guy. If you think we should only be able to risk it once, that's a fair rule. I think that's smart. You're risking it here. I'm risking it on the first one. Everything else is once. That all of our okay. other. That's fine. Other- right. Okay. Good point. Good point. Let's get to why everyone's here. Let's get to the yeah. fucking meat. Michael Chandler versus Dan Hooker, co-main event. Listen, the winner of this fight is going to fight for the belt. Khabib's not coming back. Let's just be honest. The winner of this is going to fight the winner of the main event, I think. Okay, Dan Hooker, minus 142 favorite. He is 20 and 9, 20 and 9 or something like that. Michael Chandler, 21 and 6. He is a plus 118, 116, depending where you get him. Underdog, I go first here, I believe, right? Yeah, you went first last time. This fight is the hardest fight to pick on the thing. I like Dan Hooker. I picked Dan Hooker a lot. Picked him against Poirier. I picked him against Felder. I, I like that city kickboxing gym. Dan Hooker is a tall guy for this division. He's six foot. I looked it up. Michael Chandler has fought three people over 5'10". Uh, Brett Primus is 5'10", 5'11", and he's fought Dave Rickle, who's six foot. Uh, Michael Chandler is 5'6", five, 5'7", five, not the biggest guy in the world. So there's going to be a height discrepancy here. Um, Dan Hooker, I think, has better... Or underrated takedown defense. You don't really see him get wrestle fucked as much anymore, um, and I think there's a reason for that. I think he's he has a good guillotine. I think his leverage with his length is really good. When he gets tired, he can get taken down. He does gas. The 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 t- last two fights he had, Paul Feller, Dustin Poirier, five round fights, he gassed bad. Um, that's a, this is a three round fight. So I, I I think by the third round, if Chandler really wants to wrestle fuck him, that could be that could be the game plan here. I'm worried about Chandler jumping in. Chandler's a shorter guy. He explodes with his punches. That's what he did when he walked out, knocked out Benson Henderson. He likes to jump in with, with big hooks to, to kind of cover that reach disadvantage. Dan Hooker's got great knees up the middle. He's got a really good counter. He's really good going forward. Um, Michael Chandler is, is very confident this week. I like his confidence. Dan, or Dan Hooker's smiling. It's almost like he knows something. Like, like I, he's been in Dubai for a month. He's been preparing. Like, <clears throat> this is a big win for him, especially since Dana kind of put the stakes up last week where Khabib, if you show something interesting, which I think is kind of bullshit. Hey, but regardless, the winner of this and the winner of the main event, they're going to fight for the title. <clears throat> so this is a potential Dan Hooker versus Conor McGregor fight, which there could be no bigger fight for Dan Hooker. I'm talking about Dan Hooker a lot. However, Michael Chandler, a lot of people, some of my friends that are casuals don't know Michael Chandler that much. He's a former champion of Bellator. I think everyone watching this or listen to this, knows him. I'm not going to have to fucking, I'm not going to school you on who he is. He's got a lot of wins on his record. He's got a lot of good wins as well. Um, he's, he's, too, he's got it's some bad losses. Bad. And <laughs> he's he's been weathered a little bit um, with, with his tire. But he's in incredible shape. This guy is ready to go. He's laser focused in. Um, I see Dan Hooker giving him really big problems in that first round. I just don't like Dan Hooker's defense. 
Um, I could be way off on this fight. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I think you should fade me on this. I don't have the best read on this, but I'm going to go Michael Chandler's the underdog here. I'm going to go Michael Chandler's the underdog. I like the underdog number. I think he could wrestle later in the fight and really wear down Dan Hooker. I'm just a little worried about that. Those beginning rounds. I think Dan's going to be able to stop some takedowns. And when Michael Chandler comes in, he could he can let get hit with something with a knee. Dan Hardy or Dan Hooker, Dan Hardy. Dan Hooker's got a great up knee, knocked out Gilbert Burns with it. He does have some power to him. Um, I just think Michael Chandler is 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 in prime and ready to go. This is a big debut. Again, speaking about MMA being poetic, a lot of guys that come over that had a lot of hype before the UFC haven't done well in the UFC. Eddie Alvarez came over, got pieced up by Donald Cerrone. The underground king, Gilbert Melendez, comes over, doesn't have a good look. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are, are yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that come over. There's some people that come over and do great, like Quick Rampage Jackson. I mean, he came over and he became champion right away. Um, but there's some guys who have a lot of hype, and, and people have been wanting, including myself, have been wanting Michael Chandler at UFC for a long time. We have him now. He could fall flat. I, I almost want to fade myself, but I can't. I got to tell you guys what I'm thinking. I'm leaning Chandler here. Dev, who do you like, bud? Big fucking fight, dude. Yeah. Who do you think has been in more wars? Um, pfft. Lately, Chan- or Hooker, right? Because Hooker took some shots against Poirier. That was a fucking slugfest. Um, but- Even against Felder, too. Yeah, Felder, too. Hooker's never been knocked out before. Uh, Chandler has been knocked out. Um, Eddie out. Well, Eddie out. And fucking um, Patricio knocked him out, and uh, Eddie Alvarez didn't knock him out. I think Patricio Pre- Pre- knocked out. Hooker. That was huh? Barboza finished Hooker. Oh yeah, but that was just more of like my ribs are broken. Like he didn't. He, withered. he didn't get put out. Right? Yeah, he withered. Yeah. He got. He took a beat and was like, I don't want him. Yeah, but he he didn't get put out. Chandler got put out by Patricio. Um, kind of a fluke punch, if you ask me. Will Brooks TKO'd him in the fourth round, which is such a weird. Will Brooks right. became the UFC and fell flat, and, and Michael Chandler could not beat Will Brooks, which is so funny to me. Um, but, go ahead. Like scary. That scares me. That scares me though. I I think if there's a five round fight, the odds are in even more of Chandler's favor because I think Chandler has the better cardio. Yeah, um, sure. If it was a five round fight, I think he'd be a favorite. I I. Supposedly, there's been rumblings that the UFC is trying to extend other bouts. Yeah, that yeah. Are not, I heard that. that are, like, which which needs to happen because y'all just put the fucking pay per view up by five dollars. Yeah. Why you have your own athletic commission in Abu Dhabi? Why True. the fuck can't Chandler and fucking Hooker be a five round fight? Give Correct. those dudes like. What do you think Chandler's making? Probably like two fifty. Matt says Dan Hooker rubs me the wrong way. LMLO. Do you think you, does Dan Hooker rub you the wrong way? I don't like him that much. I don't like you his personality. I, I think he hosts his own podcast. I've listened to it. I like that he's a fan of the sport. Like some of these fighters are like too cool to watch. Like I don't watch. You know I don't. I hate, that. Yeah. I hate that. That's dumb, right? He's a fan of sports. No podcast. Not the greatest podcast in the world. He seems like a nice guy, but I can understand what. Like he's not really talking much shit. He used to talk like with the Felder fight, even with the Poirier fight. He had this confidence where he was like the best in the world. He's kind of dialed back on that. Um, I, yeah, I need a pick from you, Dev. I want you. I'm, I'm stuck because I think Hooker is a really. really he's not only is he a. a a hard he's he's a hard like he throws hard shots, 
he's a good striker. He's technical, but he's also tenacious. Like that's mm-hmm. one thing he does is like, he's willing to stay in your face, stay at range, get in the pocket. He has great range. He's probably the tallest and longest guy in that division. He's a big fucking dude at 55. Yeah. Um, can you believe he fought at 145? Jesus Christ. Um, I just, I have a weird feeling that Chandler is going to come out here and out wrestle him. I think his take, I think Hooker's takedown defense is good. But I think a guy like Chandler that is really, really confident in his grappling, he's really, really confident. He, you know, I, he came over here, he made weight, he was supposed to fill in for Khabib and Justin. Um, I think that he's going to, he's either going to come out here and, and really impress us all, or it's going to be like, I told you so, he did not belong to be, he did not belong in the UFC. It's one or the other. Like, either he's going to come out here and really impress the fuck out of everybody, or Hooker's going to finish him in the second round. Right. Um, I just so you're going Hooker second round finish. Let me write it down. No, I'm going. I'm going Chandler as well. I think Chandler's going to come out and just out wrestle him. I think he's going to put a pace on him. Hooker, Hooker can fight at a great pace. Yeah. But it's like, can can he fight at a chain wrestling pace? He can fight at a really high pace striking pace. But one thing that we got to look out for is Michael Chandler notoriously rolls his ankles. He gets leg kicked a lot, right? Um, Brett Primus hit him in his legs. He had a drop foot, which is what they call it. the same thing O'Shawn O'Malley had, where Sean O'Malley quit. The whole stool gate thing where he fell because they pulled the stool was just complete bullshit. I don't think Michael Chandler's going to quit like O'Malley did, but Dan Hooker kicked the fuck out of Isle Quinta's legs. That's something Bad. that is going to be a game plan here. He's going to fucking calf kick Chandler because Chandler has smaller legs, a bigger upper body, smaller legs, and he's been susceptible to it. Um, so we're both on but Chandler. Like, bet uh, Hooker in this fight. Like, Hooker's a solid bet in this fight. All we talked about was how good Hooker was when we both picked Chandler. I, 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 listen, Michael Chandler's a legit dude. I think if he doesn't have a problem in the beginning with takedowns, he'll be okay. I just think that first round, Hooker's going to be hard to take down, and I think Chandler's going to really – the thing about Chandler, though, is, is he doesn't play the outside. Like, he's all the way in, all the way out. He knows it. He's never in a boring fight. He, he's never not aggressive. He's a smart fighter. Um, cardio is always on point, and uh, I think uh, he's going to have a good game plan. That's why I'm going to go with him. We talked about Dan Hooker a lot. I think it – like, again, I'm telling you, you probably fade me because I do not have a great read on this fight. I, I'm not hot right now. I'm going Chandler with the dog points. If you're with me, let's fucking go. If you want to go hooker and fade me, I completely understand. He's buyable at minus 142. All right. Main event time. I love. I fucking love that this happened. This happened because Connor was frustrated. They were supposed to be a charity fight. Connor uh, team, McGregor Sports Entertainment, ended up donating to the Good Fight Foundation. Now we got it as a main event in the UFC. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Conor McGregor is a minus 325 favorite. Uh, Dustin Poirier is a plus 250. On Monday, Conor McGregor was a, was a plus 270. He has gone up, up you know, a lot because it's Conor McGregor fight week. A lot of money's coming in on him. I love this fight for Conor. I'm a Conor guy. I almost wore my Conor shirt. I bought a new shirt from Roots of Fight. Shout out Roots of Fight. I'm actually going to wear it tomorrow and for the fight. So I didn't want to wear it three days in a row and be a complete fucking pig. Um, but. I'm a Conor guy. Everyone knows that. I love Conor McGregor. This is a fantastic fight. This is a fight that, of all the rematches that need to happen, this is one because I think Dustin Poirier has became a completely different fighter. Devin, you're picking first. I just want to set you the scene. I know you don't love his Conor as much as I do. I know you're excited about this fight. 
How do you break it down? Who do you think wins? I want to ask you a question. Go who's, ahead. Who's improved more from their first fight? Conor McGregor. You're crazy. No. I think his skills are I- incredible. I've seen I've seen footage of him. I think his 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 um, footage or fights. Footage oh, of him. Well, I mean, obviously we haven't seen much fighting of him. The Khabib fight, I truly believe that he I mean Khabib's Khabib, right? He wouldn't have won that fight anyway, but he he wasn't training the way he should have been. He was still fucking off. Uh, the Cowboy fight looked great, but Cowboys watched, right? The Floyd Mayweather fight, he went boxing, didn't love it, but I've seen footage of him because he hasn't fought a lot, but I like that he is using his money that he has to fuel his body. He's going to Portugal. He's secluding himself. He's flying out training partners. He's smaller than boxers. And he looks, he, fucking, big. He looks fucking ripped up. He looks fucking ripped up. I heard he weighs 161. He is completely shredded. This is probably the best we're going to see him at 155. He's only fought twice in the UFC at 155. Um, I think he's ready to go. Now, with that being said, Dustin Poirier has leaps and bounds gotten so much better. I just think Conor McGregor is always going to be better than Dustin Poirier, skill-wise. But D- Dustin Poirier has gotten a lot better. The Max Holloway fight was fucking impressive. He really let me down in the Khabib fights. I, I, I felt like there was more fight in there. Um, I felt like he, you know, once he got in there and when he was like, dude, I can't get him off me. What the fuck did you expect, dude? Like, who were you training for? And then he looked great against Dan Hooker, right? His confidence has gotten better. His mindset's gotten better. I think he's a little slow and he and he's had a lot of injuries. I mean, that hip injury is a real fucking problem. I mean, the guy's had, yeah, yeah, you can tell he's very stiff sometimes when he throws kicks, um, but he's as tough as they come. He's as durable as they come. I mean, I, I fade him all the time. Um, and I, I'm usually wrong about this, but um, to answer your question, yes, I do think Conor McGregor is has yeah. improved more since then. I agree. I disagree completely. I think I think Dustin Poirier has built a whole entire new fighting style. I think he's a no. completely different fighter. I think he's a, a, a got much better footwork. He's got much better power. He's got a lot more confidence, and he's a lot better of a combination striker mm-hmm. um, against us against Dan Hooker. Um, usually cause Poirier is a pretty long dude and he's pretty big and he hits really fucking hard. He's he, he punches hard and he's got fast hands and he's got great combination. He's got really, really good punch combinations. He puts combinations together. Well, mm-hmm. um, I think the problem that he had with hooker, why, where hooker had success in that fight was he thought he was going to be able to stay at hooker's range and exchange strikes and out speed him with his hands he realized in that fight right around the middle part of the second round that he's not going to be able to do that, that he has to take one to give one, and he has to really walk through Hooker's shots to get into range. I think Connor is a really, really long and lengthy striker, and like Dustin may hit a bag and may hit someone harder than Connor, but connor has got way better timing, way better precision. Connor has that old-school Anderson Silva prime-type speed, and timing you can tell he hits hard but you don't need to hit hard when you know it's like shooting someone in the eye with a 22 you shot them now the 22 they're fucked like like it doesn't matter where you hit them um so i really like hooker i think hooker deserves this fight he's one of the you keep saying hooker bro it's probably i don't know for you i did that last fucking podcast too i think (laughs) i I think Poirier really deserves this fight, win, lose, or draw. I think he deserves this fight. Um, he deserves a payday. He deserves the pay-per-view points. He deserves the money. He's a great B-side for Connor. Um, 
I think Connor is like the worst matchup for him in the whole division. Mm-hmm. I truly think he beats everybody else at 55 besides Connor. Um, I think he can give Connor fits. I think he's a better combination puncher and a harder hitter than Nate Diaz. I think Nate Diaz is a little more durable than Poirier, but they're both fucking hittable. Mm-hmm. If Poirier can make it a dirty fight and make exchanges and get inside of Connor's range and not allow Connor to hit him with distant strikes, you know, Connor is really, really good at setting traps. He will throw a spinning hook kick to make you circle into his power hand, put you up against, you know, put you up against a cage and just fire a fucking piston and hit you right in the jaw and you go to sleep. I think Poirier has to fight the perfect fight to win this fight. It is a winnable fight. Every fight is a winnable fight, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the line? I think Poirier is plus 280. 250 is what I had him. Uh, I, I got Fandle right here. Let's see. He is plus 250 still on Fandle. Connor's so, 325. Yeah, he's a big favorite, but as he should be with his name and all that stuff. Um, I'm going to drop you down for Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I'm picking Dustin Poirier. Are you really? Wow, dude. I was just joking. I thought you were picking Connor because you talked about good about Connor. You're really picking Dustin Poirier. I'm picking Dustin Poirier. Wow. It is a it's something that I'm trying to will into happening. Um, I want Dustin Poirier to win this fight. I think he deserves this. He deserves a fight. And imagine, you know, me, you've said it before, like you I like to watch the world burn. Mm -hmm. If Dustin Poirier wins this fight. It's the best thing for Dustin Poirier. Nice. Khabib fucking vacates, and then he fights Connor for a third time for the fucking belt, for the right. vacant belt. Yeah. If, he not, if he beats Connor, that's what's going to happen. Like, he beats Connor. He fights the winner, Chandler Hooker, maybe rematch with Hooker, one of the fights of the year. New matchup with Chandler for the belt, right? He was already the interim champion. Max Holloway's there. Max Holloway could always jump up, maybe. I mean, he just wants big fights. And then um, if he becomes champion, then the third time with Connor, you're right. There's stories built in there. Listen, for a business sense for the UFC, I know if Connor loses, it could be ugly, right? It's not. This is the biggest yeah. star. But also you're like, oh, wait, Connor's going to want this back. Now he's not going to fight Manny. We're going to have him because he's going to be so motivated to fight Dustin again. Yep. Oh, yeah. The or, story he there. Fight, or he could fuck off and just fight Jorge Masvidal or Nate Diaz at 170. Who's that? Like, Connor? Connor. Yeah. Like those parts are always there. Link, uh, Connor, again, you can only take it with a grain of salt. He did say in an interview that he got his body down now to a, to a one. The reason he never said this before, but the reason he fought Cowboys, he, did, he didn't want to make 155. Now he can't. He has his body set. So I think he's going to want to stay at 55. But yeah, you're right. I mean, look, money talks. I mean, listen, you got to be one. You gotta, he's got to weigh like 150 something to fight. Manny, Manny's fucking tiny. Anyway, you're picking Dustin Poirier. I'm surprised by that. Listen, I am a Connor guy, so I'm I'm picking Connor. No one that that's no secret here. Dustin Poirier is a guy I really like. I I I had some hard feelings about him with the um Khabib fight. I felt like he could have done better, and he and he kind of quit on us. But he's a good dude. Like he posted pictures of him and his wife. He's been with his wife since he was like 12 or something. That's awesome. Right, I'm a, I'm a romance guy. That's really cool. Um, his wife's in town with them. Um, they both have great families. His daughter's adorable. But the fighting, Dustin Poirier is very, very good. His boxing's gotten much better. Like you said, we disagreed on who's gotten better. Dustin Poirier's boxing's gotten a lot better. His chin, to me, um, has held up. He does get buzzed in fights. I think if he gets buzzed against Connor, I think it might be over. He's always been knocked out before, but I don't think he has a chin issue. 
but a, a couple guys have buzzed them. You know, Gagey buzzed them, Eddie buzzed them, Dan yeah, Hooker. Like, that's what it is. He yeah. gets in fights with, with guys that are and top five in the UFC. I don't think you do that with Connor. I think Connor is special. I think Connor is one of those guys where either you love him or hate him, right? There's not really many in betweens. If you love him, like me, you think he's the greatest fighter in the world. Obviously, you know he's not. I mean, I know he's not pound for pound the best fight in the world. I'm not fucking stupid. But I do think he's incredibly talented. I think he's he's set up and he's destined now that Khabib is gone to win the title. I think he beats Dustin. I think he knocks Dustin out. I think he beats the winner of Chandler Hooker. I think he gets that strap, and I think he maybe defends it against Nate. Nate's talking about going to 55, and then maybe Connor's going to box or do whatever the fuck he wants. Maybe Khabib will come out. There's a lot of storylines out there. Khabib Connor is going to be the biggest fight in MMA history. We all know it. I just think Connor's too fast. I think Dustin Poirier is too slow. He does throw really good combinations. He does defense isn't the best. I think Connor has some of the best counters in the business. His reflexes are super sharp. He's pinpoint accurate. And I think he's he's really fast at 155. I also wish there was a prop. I've heard some sharps and some people, maybe not even sharps, just some people talking that, oh, well, Dustin has the advantage on the ground. I'd love to see him take it to the ground. Dustin Poirier's got a great submission game. There's no doubt about that. He's If anybody's going to win by submission, it's Dustin Poirier. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. But I wish there was a prop I could prop. That there's no way Dustin Poirier is taking down Conor McGregor. He's just not. He's not a wrestler. He's not going to do it. Conor McGregor isn't a world-class wrestler, but he's a world-class athlete, right? His takedown defense is pretty solid. I don't see that happening. It is a five-round fight. A lot of people, and it's fair, say Connor has a cardio issue. Dustin Poirier does not. Connor's predicting um, 60-second knockout. Then he's kind of flirting with the idea of maybe it going longer or whatever. That's just a Connor McGregor. I think it happens early. I think if Connor gets him out of there, it happens early. I think Dustin Poirier only gets better when the fight goes on. He lost that first round of Dan Hooker. He lost those early rounds to Justin Gaethje. The longer the fight goes, the more it favors Dustin Poirier because Conor McGregor has gassed in the Khabib fight, has gassed in the Nate Diaz fight, had gassed in the Mayweather fight. Cardio could be an issue. This is a new Conor McGregor, new training, new this, new weight, whatever. We'll see. I think Conor McGregor is a knock him out. I'm putting a, a hefty bet on Conor McGregor, even at minus 325. I'm going to probably bet him multiple ways by prop, by knockout. I think I'm going to do first two rounds KO because I think if Conor wins, it has to be within the first two rounds. If it gets into the dog rounds, it gets into championship rounds, it's going to be a fucking fight. And I can't Who's wait. More huh? Who's got more of a dog in him? Poirier? I mean, I mean, that, that mean you're, just, you're just asking for questions. That I, It's obviously Poirier. We've only seen Conor dig deep once. And that was in the Nate Diaz second fight. Um, he, he was gassed out, and he had to come back and win that fifth round. I thought he did very close fight, but he had to dig deep. And but Dustin Poirier is a fucking dog. I mean, the guy's the guy's a, a pure animal. He's a fucking stud, no question about it. You know, um, I like Dustin Poirier. I think he's a good person. I like the Fight Foundation, and uh, I'm glad that these two are being a little cordial. I love the shit talking Connor. I love the theatrics Connor, but he seems laser focused and, and ready to go. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, time to get our locks. Listen, you know, I pick this game locks. You know the rules. You beat me Wednesday, so you'll get the opportunity. Do you want to pick your underdog lock first, your send them home, or your mortal lock? Which one do you want to get first uh, dibs at? So you got the numbers right in front of you. Who are my Who are my dogs? Your dogs are Michael Chandler. Your dogs are uh, Dustin Poirier. Your dogs are blah, 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 excuse me, uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. And um, I think that's it. Yeah, those are, those are your three dogs. Antonio Shoeface, um, Chandler, and uh, Poirier. 
can't believe I want underdogs on the fucking co-main and main event. Um, I love it. I'm trying to will Poirier into. I, I think that I think it's like a 75-25 odds for Connor. Honestly, yeah. percentage was like I think Connor is a rightful almost four to one favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want fucking Poirier to win. Um, I'm gonna go with Chandler as my underdog lock, though. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's a lot closer of a fight than both of the other fights. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the shoe face fight. I can't really picture what's going to happen. I can picture what I would, what I could, what I want to happen and what possibly could happen, but I can't really picture the fight in my head. I can picture Chandler out grappling hooker. I think that's how he wins that fight. Uh, my underdog lock, you cocksucker. So uh, good pick there. You got Michael Chandler's a dog lock. I'm gonna go Matt Favola. I don't have many locks. This is a very chalky card for me. I like Chandler's a dog. I like Favola's a dog. I I don't like Marina Rodriguez. I have a crush on it, but I don't love that. Um, Dev thinks it's a spite pick, and I really didn't pick that many other dogs, you know. So I, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Favola there. So mortal lock time. I'm gonna pick my mortal lock. You know what? No, I'm going to go send him home. I'm, I want to pick my send him home. My send him home, it's a fucking no-brainer. It's a layup. It's clear round tree. He's going to knock out Pracnio within the first two rounds, guaranteed, probably first round, without question. I know that was Devin's. I could tell he's disappointed. Um, but, yeah, uh, clear round tree, send him home, baby. Book it, lock it up. Dev, who's your send him home, baby? Who's getting that yeah. done? Who's, who's sending him home early? No judges need it. So there's a – Couple of knockout guys on the card. Um, sure. Marikov, he's a knockout guy. Khalil Roundtree's finisher, especially against his opponent. That guy's got no chin. Um, I'm torn on this. Um, oh God, let me just look at this really quickly. Pull it, pull the trig. I send him home. I'm torn between Mahmoud and I'm torn between Ottman, honestly, because um, both of those guys are. I mean, Ottman's got fucking 100 knockouts, according to you, dude. What are you torn about? I'm taking Ottman. The only way that guy's gonna win is is by fucking knockout. He ain't gonna win a decision. Send Statistic. him home. Send him home, motherfucking Ottman. Um, I talked you off that scent because my mortal lock is Mahmoud Murdov, and if you would have taken him as the fucking ten war, couldn't do it. He's a dog. He's my mortal lock, baby. Close fight. Minus 138. That is, you can make money off that. I'm giving you, I was going to go Conor McGregor, right? That's too obvious of a pick. He's a minus 325. Everyone in the world's going to bet that fight. I want to give you a fight. It's the third fight of the night. A lot of people might not know who this kid is. I think he's a fucking stud. He's my mortal Good. lock. Minus 138. Let's go. Mortal lock, Dev. Last lock. Who you got? Ooh, I'm torn again between Saruk and Hebas. Uh, I knew, I knew Armand was was up there for me too. I I had three guys. If if you bought me off one, I was gonna go. <clears throat> oh man! Now if you go Hebas and she loses, you lose a point. That's the new rule. Armand is is right below below the threshold that if he loses, you won't lose a point. Just to keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Give me Saruk in. Sarukian, Devin's rock. Uh, I'm excited. I'm glad we did this. I know it's late. I know I got to work in a few hours. I got to post this podcast, but Jeez. this is a fucking fire card, dude. I'm excited. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it's not that great. There's not huge names. Sure. 
But after you, after you and I just broke it down and you and I are hardcore and we know every fighter on this card, there's some sick fights here. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna probably bet every single one of them because I'm a fucking degenerate. All right, that's it. That was great. Let's see what Matt says. Matt says, I want to parlay Chandler McGregor. I like that parlay. I picked both those guys. And then might add Otsman to that bitch. Or no, wait, to that, to be honest. Uh, I thought he said, I don't know what I'm reading there. Um, I like that. Listen, he, you know, Otsman is a fucking cracker. All right, that's it. Dev, thank you for doing this. Pick him always. We'll do that next week. And uh, we'll do it, baby. All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dollar.